Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Christine Rose about how leaders can successfully navigate the impact of COVID-19 on women in the workplace. Christine Rose, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you, John. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm really excited to have a chance to chat with you. Uh, We're going to be discussing today the impact of COVID-19 and how managers can help people on their teams navigate COVID generally. But then we're also going to focus about women in the workplace and how we can help uh, women navigate this kind of new dynamic, this new situation that we all find ourselves in um, so that everyone can be their best selves and and find great opportunities uh, at work each and every day. As we get started, I just wanted to share uh, Christine's bio with the listeners. A mom of two adult girls, Christine Rose is passionate about safety and justice for women. An award-winning business and executive coach, she is the owner of Christine Rose Coaching and Consulting. Um, and she helps CEOs grow their leadership, innovative teams, and profitable companies. Prior to starting her company, Christine was Director of Development at Attain Housing, a Washington State-based nonprofit homeless housing provider, held multiple roles in business development. Christine is the author of the Amazon number one new release, Life Beyond Me Too, Creating a Safer World for Our, our Mothers, Daughters, sisters, and friends, endorsed by premier CEO coach Marshall Goldsmith. She is also a co-author with peak performance coach Jim Britt and Shark Tank star Kevin Harrington on the new volume four in the best-selling series for entrepreneurs, Cracking the Rich Code. Christine holds a bachelor's in business from Georgetown University and a certificate in fundraising management from the University of Washington and graduated from Coach U's Advanced Corporate Coaching Program, a credentialed Washington State Board member of International Coaching Federation, a certified uh, psychological safety coach with the Fearless Organization, and a certified core values coach with Taylor Protocols, and a member of the Forbes Coaches Council. uh, Christine's insights are featured on Forbes.com, Public Interest Radio, National Business Radio, and international media sites. Uh, What a great background. What a a great career that you have, and I'm really excited to have the chance to chat uh, about all things related to women in the workplace, but specifically, you know, around this pandemic. Thanks, John. You know, this is a challenging time for everybody, um, no matter where you're coming from, and it's been especially challenging for women in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. As we launch into this discussion, is there anything you would like to share with the listeners, you know, by further, by way of further introduction or personal context or anything like that? 
Well, I do want to tell you, you can pick up a copy of Life Beyond Hashtag Me Too on Amazon.com. The Kindle version's on sale right now for under $5, so it's a great time to get it, and it's a resource for leaders in organizations. It's not just for women. It's not just about recovering from your Me Too story. It's not just about my story. It really is for helping leaders and, and change makers, influencers, to get a deep understanding of why this issue isn't going away and, and why how we got the way where things are and what we can do to really create deep culture change so i just want to encourage people to pick that up uh, from amazon.com yeah excellent. While, while the price is low because i'm i'm not in control of right now of how they're raising and lowering prices and so and, and kind of retro, you know, just retroactive gift to you, I guess, for the Women's Equality Day, which was last week. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Oh, and what a great resource. So I appreciate that. And, you know, as we, as we launch into the discussion today, um, I thought maybe we could just start with your take on how this pandemic is impacting women in the workplace. What, I mean, you mentioned how it's hard for everyone, but particularly for women. So um, share with, with our listeners the kind of your perspective on, on why that is the case and why women are struggling. It really has, uh, there's a great article or post by Deanna LaFauci in Linkage uh, in the leadership insights that I hope people are following. But this pandemic has magnified and worsened systemic inequalities in the U.S. Uh, in the workplace, uh, first of all, there, there's a, a greater share of burden of home care duties, kind of, of caring for children. And, you know, I, I guess on the plus side, what it's done is open some eyes to the amount of energy that it takes to really effectively educate the next generation and um, you know the work that goes into that but we have a system where a, a great disproportion of unpaid care falls upon women right now and uh, especially single moms and if you're a black woman in the US, you're, you're bearing more disproportionate care duties there too. And also not just for kids, but for uh, the seniors now. So people are juggling more than they've had to. And what the research is showing is that we even working from home, uh, women are disadvantage because they're they're being put in the role of primary caregiver uh, even if there are two working couples you know two working partners at home so one partner is more likely now to be able to keep their job is more likely to be able to advance and one is struggling and it's gender-based uh, another issue is that uh, healthcare issues are more biased in, and women are struggling with those things, um, leaving to 
take care of health care has been harder for them. And there's also an epidemic of domestic violence happening around the world, not just in the U.S. and in your town, because there's a an increased risk of people when they're uh, in a situation where there's a controlling partner, when that there are caregivers or women who are staying home with partners. And now that their companies are giving them the option of working for home, their controlling partner is requiring them to work from home. And there have been just dramatic spikes in, in reports of domestic abuse. So it's one thing for employers to be thinking about is how are we making sure that we're providing safety for our employees? Uh, it's a challenge that they addressed physically when we were physically working together, but it's a challenge to be thinking about for women who are more likely to be victims of violence in the home as well right now. Like, how do we make sure that we check in on people in a safe way um, to make sure that there's reporting? Of course, all the reporting is public service and is, um, protected and you know it's been open but it's it's still really challenging for people in those situations especially to get the help they need yeah well thank you thank you for providing kind of that framing uh for the unique challenges that uh, various minority groups are facing uh, you're absolutely right so there's just so much um, evidence so much research to sh demonstrate um the systemic disproportionately um, negative impacts uh, on women, on people of color, on, on these various minority groups, um, that they absolutely um, share the brunt uh, they, uh, or they take on the greater brunt of the load in these types of difficult situations. Um, and I know like in my own home, uh, I, I'd like to think that my wife and I have a very balanced um, sort of relationship. Um, we're, but we're both working from home. We have six children who are all doing online school. We're working, we're trying to balance it with childcare, with home, uh, with taking care of things in the home. And it's, it is absolutely a challenge. And we're fortunate enough to have a situation where we both have jobs that can be fully remote um, and that we have the means and the technologies to be able to assist our kids with their online schooling. Um, you know, but that's not always the case, right? And and so you do find dramatic differences across, you know, in the aggregate, not obviously not in every situation, but in the aggregate, uh, so much of the load ends up falling on women to try to pick up, you know, the childcare, the homeschooling care, the, you know, just all that kind of stuff when we're in this, this pandemic moment. And you add on top of that, you know, the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, movement and the, you know, just the social turmoil you know that's present in the u.s right now and in other many other parts of the world and so you know being a woman is is extra challenging um, navigating work in this covid dynamic but being a woman of color would be even more challenging and just start adding on you know these different um the different types of profiles that you know are disproportionately systematically negatively impacted yeah and John, you know, when you think about the pay gap, especially, I mean, we just had, you know, Black Women's 
equal pay day and when black women are earning less than 62% of what the what a white man's earning for you know same jobs um and you know for women overall earning just a little over 81% more you know of, of what a of what a man earns for the same work they're not able to save at the same rate either so white uh, for women actually women in that demographic have 30% less overall savings and so they're tapping into that and you know they're hitting uh, kind of crisis levels sooner and it is even harder for women of color it's really a challenging time So what thoughts do you have about what managers can do to help women navigate um, it within this dynamic? So, you know, considering, and, and not just COVID, not just, not just the pandemic, but generally speaking, even in times where we're not in lockdown and we're not in social isolation situations, women still disproportionately had to do more of the childcare and the housework and um, all those sorts of things. And so, you know, the ability to have flexible work schedules and to work virtually sometimes and to, to be able to have boundaries around how work, you know, shifts over into home life and working weekends and, you know, all that kind of stuff, all the, you know, the things we typically talk about in terms of work-life balance disproportionately negatively impacted women. Uh, and now it's just a heightened level um, during the pandemic. So what, what do you think a, a manager listening to this podcast can do today to start making a difference and moving the needle in terms of the experience for women in the workplace? Well, John, I would say a lot of managers are already doing what, much more than they may have thought they could. And I have to give kudos and props to them because they're listening and they have been stretched beyond belief and they're already, you know, many of them are women. And uh, so they're already working. Um, and then it's, you know, in addition to offering flexibility and schedules, which is really key, uh, part of this just creating that climate in your teams for psychologically safe conversations. And that is just, are we open? Are we being real? You know, if it's a team meeting and it's not a public facing meeting, is it okay to show up without taking the extra 20 minutes to put the makeup on, which is a systemic, you know, I don't know, a, an issue that women have to face that, I, I mean, guys, let me just tell you, I see you on Zoom. And the women with the makeup on, they, they've, they've got that culturally acceptable look. But hey, if it's just a team and you really don't need to do that, maybe, is it okay to change the rules there and just say, you know what, for team meetings, let's forget about the makeup. And is it okay to show up and have a kid walk behind you? Because the only place you can put your computer right now is in that spot in the dining room because all the bedrooms are taken. And, you know, just to not freak out about somebody's kid walking behind them. To create this safe environment for each team member. And there's times where, you know, you need to present that public face and definitely just let people know what's expected but there are times where it would just take a lot of pressure off if you recognize that the intelligence and the work ethic of the person that you hired is still there and they're pushing and they're doing everything they can 
um, and to have conversations where it's safe to learn together. Um, if you're not used to working remotely, I mean, people have come a long way in the last four months on learning how to work remotely with teams. Um, but, you know, checking in with your team about how safe is it to say, I don't know how to use the video uh, conferencing invitations on Microsoft Teams so that they can ask you instead of asking their brother-in-law. You know, it's, 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 is it safe to just check in and say, I, I need to learn this. Do we have learner safety? Um, is it safe to be able to contribute where, you, where you're at? You know, you've got these people on your teams that are experienced and, and have earned their chops and, and now they want to contribute and maybe they want to contribute something new that could be innovative and really helpful to your organization as you're flexing. Uh, in this time and have you provided an opportunity where all voices are heard and on zoom it, with the mute button everybody staying on mute you may you may get through meetings and not hear from some of your people but where are they having an opportunity to contribute um, yeah. and another thing was okay. just um, providing providing an opportunity for your teams to challenge the status quo Right now, if you've got teams that can say to you, just because we've always done it this way, I mean, right now, everything is up, up in the open for discussion. And when you create that environment for your team, for everything to be open, and you just remove the fear, you're going to get so much more out of your team. And not only that, they're going to love working with you. Because where else do you have that where there's no fear? So this is a great time to to do what Amy Edmondson says and create that fearless organization because that's where the innovation is going to come from that you need to feel you into the future right now. Yeah, oh, everything you said, it, um, I completely agree with. And, you know, it, it's, it's applicable beyond, you know, the scope of women in the workplace. It's, it's really good leadership and it's a, about how to manage a good team. Um, in any environment, particular, but particularly in a uh, digital kind of a virtual workspace, uh, and particularly for women. So I, I think um, it's important to consider all those things. And there are a couple of things you said that I wanted to drill down on just a little bit. Um, one of the things you really emphasized just a moment ago was the importance of creating a safe space. Um, that is really vital. And there, there's, you know, that could be a long discussion in and of itself just to really explore how we can go about creating a, a safety culture, a safe environment for people to dissent, to challenge, to question, to disrupt. Um, you know, the best organizations encourage disruption, right? Because it's, it's, the, it's that challenging, it's that, um, that constructive dissent that will push the boundaries and help us create you know, new innovative products and services and new processes you know, things, things to improve the organization. But it's my experience that most organizations aren't particularly good at fostering that kind of an environment because it is threatening. It, it challenges the status quo and people are comfortable with the status quo. And, and generally, in terms of human nature, we just don't like change and we don't like um, to, to move into the darkness, you know, in uncertainty. And so there's lots of organizations that kind of systematically try to put down that kind of questioning, that kind of challenging. 
and it's it can be a challenge for anybody but i think particularly for women it's it's more of a tightrope to walk um because there's all these unrealistic expectations placed upon women uh, in terms of social norms and what you know how they would appropriately challenge somebody um that that men just don't face uh and so it, it's really a tightrope i think um thoughts on on what leaders can do to truly create that safe space to to you know take away the tightrope and like say you know maybe it's still a bit of a balance beam i suppose it's it's a balance beam for everybody but at least a wider beam you know that people can walk down as they're trying to navigate the politics of 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 challenging thinking and challenging the status quo um making it a little bit more fair for women so they can voice you know their concerns Oh, John, that's a great question. You know, one thing a manager can do is just to have a filter of would I ask that question to a person of the opposite gender? And if you just kind of filter your questions that go out through that filter, you might find that there are some things that, or, you know, would I make that statement to the opposite gender? But when it comes to speaking as your thoughts assertively and, you know, really defending an idea and, and uh, speaking your mind, some of those things uh, can be really challenging if in that cultural norm for women, there's, like you said, there's a tightrope. And so are you critiquing the idea? Are you critiquing a gender biased norm that no longer really is going to help your organization. <laughs> so be just checking to see, you know, is that the same? If that, you know, if somebody asked that question that was a different gender, would I even respond uh, with this response? Or, you know, am I, uh, it might show you a, a way of, of opening your mind to receiving the brilliance, uh, the thoughts that come from whoever it is in your team. Um, another thing to do is to provide uh, different ways of bringing input. So besides just at team meetings, you know, how else can people bring input? And are there ways that people can contribute thoughts and ideas that are welcome and do you have that systematized so that there's a safe known way to participate and bring new ideas um where you really examine them and you know they get a they get a moment to be considered yeah great thoughts great thoughts another uh, you know question i had as you're um sharing this experience of women uh, during the pandemic you know you you have a a, a best-selling book about the me too movement um now things have shifted obviously it, you know fewer people are together in the physical workspace. So I, I suspect that that would have implications for the number of harassment complaints and um, types of different, you know, difficult situations that uh, women might be put in, um, in, in a traditional workplace. But on the other hand, I wonder, I have no idea about this, by the way, but I wonder if virtual meetings have created a new um space for predators for abusers to assert themselves uh against women um you know because i think 
if I'm in a physical workspace and I'm a perpetrator and I, it's a challenge, you know, it, there, there's certain things I have to consider as I'm trying to, um, to behave in, in unhealthy ways. I have to be aware of my surroundings, right? I have to be aware of who's around, who could see us, who could observe us. If I, if it's just me and I'm doing like this one-on-one -on -one zoom call with somebody, you know, what's keeping me from, you know, taking off that filter, from saying inappropriate things, from putting uh, inappropriate pressure on somebody? Um, what, and what could leaders do to try to protect, well, anybody really, any of their workers, but particularly women in that kind of a virtual environment where they may be getting advances or they may be getting inappropriate behaviors that are happening that maybe other people can observe because it's all virtual? Yeah, that's a good question, and that stuff is happening. Um, so making sure that your whole team is aware of laws and of what harassment is, and to really encourage reporting. And, you know, in organizations, is your human resources, is your reporting system set up to get to the truth or is it set up to protect your organization from financial loss um, so this might be a time to really look at how is reporting uh take taken in your organization <laughs> i mean just think about susan fowler's memo at uh, her strange year working at uber and you know when stuff can happen by email internal email in organizations it can happen on zoom it can happen on teams and slack you know so it's a little bit harder because it's public but in private conversations you know they're not they're not that private anymore and it's pretty easy to share but what are you doing with that information and this is a leadership issue this is this is what's happening at the top level of your organization because that's where the culture is determined right there. And if they take this seriously, they're gonna, you're gonna have systems and processes in place to be listening, to be checking in. And when somebody reports something, you know, you're more gonna be more likely to believe it or find at least find out if it's a credible claim. Um, there's always in the book I, I talked about that there's always a risk that there's some false reporting, but it's very minuscule compared to the risk of not reporting at all. And what happens in organizations where there's abuse or harassment going on is if it's not safe to report and claims aren't taken uh, seriously and they're not dealt with effectively, you lose good talent that you paid money to recruit, onboard, train, and work with you're losing good talent uh, companies can lose people even now and right now there's a talent war going on there's a lot of people who are um, laid off and looking to move and making changes and so you want to keep your good people so make sure that your uh, your structure is set up to encourage reporting there's there's different kinds of discrimination and harassment that can happen right now during this virtual time. And also there's retaliations going on. So if there's someone who experienced harassment and has 
you know, had, has reported and there's a structure in the organization that doesn't take claims seriously, um, now they're at a great point of retaliating by laying people off or firing people really unjustly and, and attributing it to financial reason or budget reason. So uh, you could be getting sued for wrongful discrimination too. So make sure that you have all your records in place. But uh, it's, you know, really it's about caring for your people and having, having that culture from the top down that we just care about our people and we've created a great place to work and we love working together and we're sharing the care of providing the services and products to our customers that is making the world a better place and we want that to be all how we work together. Excellent tips. Um, Christine, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. We're about out of time, but before we part ways, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the listeners uh, what they can do to get connected with you and find out more about your book and anything else that may be coming up. Yeah, I actually work with CEOs of small to mid-sized companies and do coaching and consulting for firms of, of those size usually. To reach out to me, you can find me on my website, which is currently under construction. I have a new one coming along, but the old one has the blog still, www.christinerose.coach. And you can find my book on amazon.com, Life Beyond, hashtag me too, creating a safer world for our mothers, daughters, sisters, and friends. Excellent. Thank you, Christine. It has been a real pleasure talking with you. I encourage my listeners to reach out, get connected, uh, find out more about what Christine can do for you. Check out her book. Uh, I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, that everyone can continue to find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope everyone has a great week. Thank you. We are excited to announce the launch of Human Capital Innovation's new e-magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. We hope you'll check out our first issue. And please let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.